Hey, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here for the 9.30 service. Good job. Hey, let's stand up. I think if you're anything like me, you've got a lot of, lot of reason to be thankful for all that you have and all that God has given. So let's uh, spend some time thanking God today. Okay, gang? All right, ladies are going to lead us. Here we go.
says, the trees of the fields clap their hands. So we join with all creation. And we clap our hands to the Lord.
reminded of that today, uh, everybody. There's a lot of things that uh, people are going through, uh, facing tough times. And I know we have come with all of our prayers today, but just a great reminder that God's love never fails and it will never fail you. So glad you're here and you've made time uh, for God today. Thanks so much, gang. Hey, while you're standing, take just a second, say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in just a sec. You can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to Hope Fail. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor. And I'm Sam Burke. I'm the next-gen pastor. And we're great to uh, just be with you, worshiping our God, celebrating the love that never fails us. Well, we've got a lot of things kicking off this month, including a lot of great stuff in next-gen. So why don't you yeah. tell us, Sam? Well, today is a really important day for our next-gen ministries, our Hopeville Kids Ministries and our Hopeville Youth Ministries. Um, Hopeville Kids, which is Tot Town, which is nursery and preschool, and uh, Kid City, which is our elementary age up to third grade, and then Bridge, which is our fourth and fifth grade. Today is kind of the official relaunch of those ministry areas, and so we, you know, back in July, we kind of went into a summer schedule, and then for a couple weeks, we've been off, but they are full-on ready to go today. They're actually already uh, taking place, and so if you have kids that are not a part of that, man, we want them to be a part of that. It's a great environment for them to learn who Jesus is at that age and their, their, their stage of life. And we also have a ton of opportunities for you to get involved, to, to make a difference in the life of a kid. And so if, if that's something like, we gotta get our kids back there, or um, I would love to get involved, you can come see me, we can, you can talk to Jody or Jenny back in the, the kids' hallway. We would love for you to, to join with us. Tonight is also an awesome night for Hopevale Youth. Uh, for our middle school and our high school environments, we are kicking off our school year. We take a break kind of in the summer, but we are back full on tonight, six o'clock. We meet at our south campus, which is on Shattuck Road. And uh, we meet for about a couple hours. We, or we go from six to about eight o'clock. And it is, we just have a lot of amazing things planned for middle school and high school students. So if you are a middle schooler or a high schooler, or if you are a parent, of a middle schooler or a high schooler. We want all of this, all of our area here, Saginaw Township and beyond, to just, to all the middle school, high school kids, we wanna reach them as best we can, as we wanna provide an environment for them that they're gonna to love to come to, this, that we think is the best place to be on a Sunday night here in this area. And it's also a place where they can learn about who Jesus is for their life. And so if you are a middle school or high school or a parent of one, get them there tonight at six o'clock. They do not wanna miss that. And for those of you who are college-age students um, and wondering, well, what's, what's for us here at Hopeville? This Thursday night at 8 o'clock at our South Campus, we are kicking off our college ministry. And so we want to see you there, too. So if you have questions about um, youth or about college, um, I'm going to be out at the Connect Row Serve Desk. We have calendars out there, and I would love to connect with you uh, in, in any way I can. So uh, thanks for that. Thanks, Sam. Hey, um, I'm looking out, and it is full. This is awesome. This really is. I know that when we changed up service times, there probably were discussions even within your own house, 9.30, 11.15, 9.30, 11.15. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm guessing both services are going to be very full, so we're going to need a lot of cooperation. That, to the best that you can, to squeeze to the middle when you come for services would be phenomenal. Uh, looks like we have a little room on this side, uh, pretty full here, but just something to keep in mind because we want to make as much space as possible for people to come here and worship. Okay, a couple things happening this week. First of all, today, 12.30 is our Get to Know Hopevale class. We offer this for people who are newer to Hopevale who are ready to take a next step. At Get to Know Hopevale, we talk about who we are, what we believe, 
and how you fit. And it's about an hour class, lunches provided free. You can learn more at our welcome desk or just show up at 12.30. It's a great experience. Get to know Hopel, 12.30 in our venue. It's a room off to my right here and would love to see you there. Also, this Saturday, we, we announced this last week, we're hosting a simulcast of the Beth Moore Conference. And Beth Moore is a top national uh, Bible speaker uh, aimed towards women and just really does a great job. There are going to be several of these simulcasts spread out all over the country. We really are fortunate to be able to offer that in our community. If you want to sign up or learn more, you can go to our Connect, Grow, Serve desk. This Saturday, it's going to be right here in this room, 9 a.m., 4 p.m. day event. It's going to be really great as well, and we'd love to give you more information if you'd like. Um, finally, uh, boy, uh, we are weary as a nation, aren't we, with these storms and hurricanes, and we announced last week that through your generosity, through our Christmas Eve offering, we were able to provide funds through our Christian relief organization called Samaritan's Purse that went to help the relief efforts in Houston with Hurricane Harvey, but certainly as we go to prayer, I want to remember those in Florida with uh, Hurricane Irma, I think right now, like as we speak, hitting the keys and working its way up and just praying for God's safety, protection upon the people there. So with that in mind, I'm going to have the ushers come forward. We're going to go to prayer, commit this service and our concerns to the Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come into this place and that in an uncertain, insecure, and often scary world, we can look to Jesus and be reminded of a love that never changes. A love that was demonstrated on the cross, a love that was proven victorious through the resurrection, and a love that overcomes anything and everything. And God, our hearts, our prayers this day are with the people of Florida, those uh, in the Caribbean islands who have been impacted, who will be impacted. Would you keep them safe? Would you allow people to make wise choices? Would you empower emergency, uh, medical, rescue workers involved? Give them the strength to do the job that's going to be on hand today, tomorrow, and really uh, in this week. And God, we are just praying, uh, Lord, for your protection, your mercy to spare people. God, continue to empower our relief efforts, whether it's, it's Texas, whether it's an earthquake in Mexico, or what's going to be happening in, in Florida. God, just again, empower uh, your people, your church, to bring ministry in the name of Jesus. But God, in a sense, every day we are relief workers, we're rescue workers, we are called to take the light of Christ into our world. And it may not be something as obvious and severe as a hurricane, but God, you bring hurting people across our paths every day, every week. And so God, would your grace and mercy just flow in us and through us we pray that individually, but we also pray that as a church, God. We just want to be the grace and truth of Jesus to the world around us. And so help us with that. And God, even as we give, we do this now as just uh, expression of gratitude, an expression of recognizing your lordship, your provision in our lives. And for that, we say thank you. God, I just want to personally thank you for the generosity of this church 
whether it's weekly giving or um, special giving through our Christmas outreach offering, God, you, you release these funds through just open-handed, open-hearted people who are part of this church to bring your name, your love, your blessing to the world around us. And so, God, that's our heart. May that continue as we give with joy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a feature song we'd like to sing for you today. You can just remain seated while the offering's being collected. Rudy's going to sing the lead on this one for us.
this um, singing today of uh, trusting you in the storm, um, I don't think it's an accident with uh, things that uh, were going on uh, today, God. So um, all of our hearts are just broken for people in Florida today and the tough things that they'll be going through. And so um, part of our heart is there and part of our heart is here with our own things that are going on in life. And so, God, would you meet us here in our own storms and our own things that we're going through? I know we all have prayers that we've been lifting up and that aren't necessarily resolved yet, but God, help us to come close. Help us to rest in you today, knowing that you love us, knowing that you're for us. We are yours and that you are mine. So for today, God, for strength for today, that you would give us cause and purpose and a reminder of why you love us and what our purpose is. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say together. Amen. I know some of you think I probably stayed in Saginaw last night and slept at my son Kyle's house and I forgot my clothes, but it's really not the case. But this is what happens when 20-year-olds take you shopping, just tell you to upgrade the fashion a little bit, so... Just so you know and are aware. I am. <laughs> Thank you. I am Pastor Steve, and I am uh, one of your pastors here at Hopevale, hopefully still tomorrow as well. <laughs> wow. Um, what an exciting journey we have been on this summer. I don't know if, I hope you've had a a chance to take in a large majority of this series called More Than a Song. I don't know about for you, but for me, it, it has really hit home, and it's allowed me just to really stop and think about what we just did together, this worship time that we have, this time to, to soak. It's been an incredible journey, and we've talked about a lot of different songs, songs like Resurrecting, The Lord's Prayer, 10,000 Reasons, many others. But it's during those messages that, it's the title, More Than a Song, it's kind of come into play where it's, these aren't just words that someone wrote. These aren't just lyrics that we put up on the screen. It's not just done to perform and to, to be here on, on platform. There's so much more. These songs are filled with, with biblical principles and promises and, and God's word itself. And they're designed to take us to a deeper place of worship, a place where we can express our love, our awe, our admiration, our desire for him. We're professing those words to him, and some of those words have things to do with our issues. I mean, it's kind of by this morning, some of the songs are about water, right? But the, the issues of our time, the things that we're going through, how God carries us through those moments. And music has a way of speaking to our soul. It can energize us, it can excite us, it can soothe us, it can calm us. It can bring us to a place of focus. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen athletes walking around with their headphones on or hanging on their shoulders, but there's a reason for that. There's a reason that they put those on and they can kind of close out everything else for a, a moment as they focus in on, on what's in front of them. And so as we enter into this time, I hope that that's what worship is, is or is becoming for you, this, this place where you can focus in on who God truly is and what he has for us. I hope that as you've taken this journey that you begin to not only find yourself engaged in worship at a deeper level, but truly looking forward to those personal encounters as Pastor Sam talked about last week, 
with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, both individually and then corporately as a body. Our hope is that these songs would draw you to a deeper place with Christ. Because on the relational level, music is is a powerful thing as well. You think of relationships that you have and the role that music plays within a wedding or maybe a romantic evening together. There's a place for music that draws us into this deeper connection and walk with Jesus. So I hope that that this series has done that for you as well. Before we jump into the message for today, I want to take a second and just pray. Father God, we come before you today, and Father, where we are empty, where we are weak, would you fill us? Would you strengthen us? Would you make a deposit into our world that we don't even know that we need right now? God, would you close the gap between where we're at and where you're at and where you desire us to be? Father, thanks for loving us. Guide and direct this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the song this morning we sang a little earlier, When the Fight Calls. When the Fight Calls acknowledges that that God has taken on our battles as his. That God's hand is truly on our lives, even when the fight calls. That he is greater than our troubles. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Outcomes that would be impossible without God are truly possible with him. As we wrap up this series, I want to talk about one of the greatest, if if not the greatest, songwriters and musicians. Now, when I say that, I know a lot of thoughts probably come to your mind, a broad range of music, styles, selections. But no, it's not the Beatles. Wasn't Elvis. Wasn't Michael or Madonna or Eminem, or Kid Rock, or DJ Khalid, 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 how do you say his name? Some of you know who I mean, right? Yeah. It's not him, and for my son Kyle, it's not Laney. But I think it just may be David. We started this series almost two months ago. We started it in the book of Psalms, and half of that book is credited to David where he has penned these words and these thoughts. And so today I want to go back to Psalm. I want to go back to Psalms and I want to pull out a section that I think is so typical of life for David and maybe for us. So we're going to jump into Psalm 59. If you've got your uh, phone and you've got it on a Bible app or the Hopevale app in there, you can flip to Psalm 59. Or if you've got your Bible, flip there or you can watch along on the screen. But we catch David here. And here's his words. You are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress. My God on whom I can rely. God will go before me. Think about these words. I mean, if you could make a poster or a picture and put it in your office or in your living room, I mean, this would be it, right? Like, these are some awesome words to live by. (laughs) But hold on. He goes on. And will let me gloat over those who slander me, but... Do not kill them, Lord, our shield, or my people will forget. In your might, uproot them and bring them down for the sins of their mouths, for the words of their lips. Let them be caught in their pride for curses and lies they utter. Consume them with your wrath. Consume them till they are no more. Then it will be known to the ends of the earth that God rules over Jacob. 
They return in the evening like snarling dogs and prowl about the city. They wander about for food and howl not satisfied. I mean, David goes from one extreme to the other. But then he kind of brings it back down. But I sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. You are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, you are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. So David is experiencing this broad range of emotions. I mean, he is all over the place. Now, I don't know about you, but I can never relate to that. <laughs> Things aren't great in one moment, and the next moment I want to rip somebody's head off for some crazy reason. It's pretty quiet. I don't know if that means you can relate or you can't, or you think I'm crazy. <laughs> I feel like I can connect with David in these situations. He goes from this broad range of emotions. I mean, think about when a car, or in my case, maybe it's a semi pulling out in front of me on the way to, to work in the morning. I have to stop. I have to slow down. I mean, it costs me at least an extra 20 seconds. What's going on here? I'm telling you, what's wrong with me at times? I, I experience the same thing. And if you're sitting next to your spouse right now, you probably shouldn't be elbowing them, okay? <laughs> Look at them and tell them it's not you, it's me. <laughs> oh. Sometimes I just got to get a grip. You see, the battle can enter at almost any given time. You see, God is not our refuge from trouble, but God is our refuge in trouble. Sometimes our our trouble may actually be training for us. How will we react? How will we respond? We'll come back to, to us in just a minute. But I want to I go back to David for a second, and I want to take a look at what's going on in his world here. Why was he on this emotional roller coaster of praising God in one breath and in the very next, literally going off on this rampage about everybody that's surrounding him, the things that are going on? If you flip back to 1 Samuel, you can kind of capture that whole story of David and, and what's going on in his life. There's direct connection to Psalm 59 and 1 Samuel kind of verses 16 through, or chapters 16 through 19. Now you're familiar with a part of that. You're familiar with the story of Goliath, right? And what David does. We're all familiar. If you're not, spoiler alert, Goliath loses, okay? He loses, he goes down. But I'm sure we all know David. This is the guy who was anointed to be king, chosen in front of his brothers, went out to, to battle Goliath, and is called a man after God's own heart. This is him. This is that man. And at this point in time, he's kind of becoming the man. And it was becoming obvious to a lot of other people as well to the point where he was starting to receive accolades and the praise of, of all these people. Out in the streets, they were singing and shouting, Saul, not the Saul that Sam, Pastor Sam was talking about last week. This is a different Saul. This is King Saul. They're saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. Saul became jealous in this whole time. David has this great victory. And what's his reward for this victory? 
You know, he doesn't get to go home and kick back in the recliner and retire and watch TV. You know what his reward is? His reward is there are more fights. There are more battles. There are more wars in front of him. There's more Philistines in front of him. But David was an expert at the external. I mean, you give David five stones and what does he do? He uses one of them, right? It only took one. He's an expert in that field. He takes the weapons that were meant to be used against him, and what does he do? He, he, he offs Goliath's head with that weapon, with that sword that was meant to be used against him. David was young, and he was definitely upward mobile. If there was a corporate ladder in his day to climb, he was climbing it, and he was climbing it quickly. Saul became so jealous that by the, by the time that we get to chapter 19 in that section of Scripture in 1 Samuel, he's trying to kill David. And as a matter of fact, one day, David is sitting in the very same room that Saul is in, and David is worshiping. He's playing his harp. And Saul is sitting there with a spear in his hand. And a distressing spirit, it says, comes over Saul. And what does Saul do in that moment? He takes the spear and he fires it at David. But it misses. And it sticks in the wall. How could Saul miss? David was sitting there right in front of him. Playing the harp. Think about playing the harp. It's not the most easy instrument to move away from or around or to kind of dodge. Saul takes aim and he fires. And remember what I just said? Saul had killed his thousands. Saul was a warrior, as was David. So he wasn't inexperienced at throwing that sword. No, he had experience. He knew how to kill other people. But what happens in this situation is I truly believe and know that the hand of God was upon David. It was upon his life, right? I think there's a valuable lesson to learn. This is a little side note before we continue on. At this moment, David could have taken matters into his own hands. Think about this. If it were, were me, I, I might have done this. The spear is in the wall behind him. What would it be so easy to do? Grab the spear, pull it out, and do what? Throw it back. How often do we do that with things? I mean, and you know what? When David throws something, David doesn't miss. He's already got experience with some rocks. He doesn't miss. But I don't always have to fight the fight. You don't always have to fight the fight. It's not about what we can do. It's about what God can do through us and how he wants to use us. This song that we're talking about, more than a fight, tells us that God has already got this, that when everything else is caving in, that I'm not alone. I have one who is greater than any of this mess. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. He will see this work that he began in you and in me through to completion. Here's a few more words from the song. 
I won't let the storm weather my heart. I won't let the darkness beat me down. Sing in the night my hope alive in you. I'll walk through the fire and not get burned. Pray in the fight and watch it turn. Jesus, tonight, I give it all to you. I hope we can make those words our words. But how does David escape? It truly is the hand of God that's upon his life. The same hand of God that is on your life. If you've recognized and realized who Jesus Christ is and the forgiveness of our sin that he offers to us, and if we've turned from that sin and repented, he tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Maybe our real weapon isn't a sword or a spear or my position or a place of power and influence over someone else, but maybe my real weapon is what David discovered. And David was a warrior, but David was also a worshiper. Maybe that's what my true weapon needs to be, that I truly worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who was and is and is to come. May I find a place to worship the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Maybe worship is the weapon I need to get my heart right in the presence of the Lord. You see, I may be looking at it all wrong. We may be looking at it all wrong. Maybe we are looking at the outside and we're looking at what's standing in front of us or what's standing in front of me and we're looking and we're looking and we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to come up with the answer. And the reality is that we just need to worship him. So let me ask this question today. Who are you fighting? What are you fighting? What's the battle? Who was Saul fighting? Saul appears at all levels to be battling and fighting David. But sometimes our biggest fights are not what stands in front of us. Sometimes our biggest fights are truly what's inside of us. And I think that that's exactly what Saul was experiencing. He had this war raging inside of him. Envy, jealousy, pride, arrogance, fear. The list can probably go on. What's my battle? What's my fight? It's not about a person. About, not about me being, becoming upset with someone else and, and flying off the handle. No, it's about my selfish attitude. It's not about the semi-truck that pulls out in front of me. It's about me being a selfish jerk at times. It's my sin. There's a fight that happens inside and sometimes it spills out and spills over in the craziest ways. Have you ever been in a fight? Once again, don't elbow your spouse. I'm not talking about that kind of a fight. I'm talking, you know, maybe not as good as, uh, you know, Mayweather and, and McGregor. But have you ever been in a fight? I'm talking a, tr a true fist fight. A little embarrassed to tell you that I have. Maybe a couple times. But I grew up in a family, on a farm, 
We were raised to be tough, and I was a whopping 165 pounds my senior year of high school. And I was in a position to truly lead other people. I was a quarterback on our football team, and I was in the locker room. And you know what? On this particular day, I'd been a Christian for about four months, but something inside of me reared its ugly head. And the things I had grown up with, I mean, my dad was a strong guy. I mean, my hands are, are kind of big. My dad was a milkman, and he used to lift 80-plus-pound milk cans up into a truck. He was big. He was strong. He was the guy that, if you were at the bar, you didn't want to mess with him. I can remember those hands vividly. <laughs> not, not that vivid. But whatever came about in me that day, I decided to take it into my own hands and enforce this unspoken policy with this freshman or sophomore about what showers he could or couldn't use. It's craziness, foolishness. I mean, four months ago, I'd given my life to Christ, right? What was I doing? I don't, I don't know. I don't have a clue. But there was this fight going on. There's this battle that sometimes just creeps within us. And in that, I want to close today's time together by looking at a couple pieces of Scripture. The first place we're going to go is we're going to go in, into the book of James because I think that this battle within us comes out in a couple of ways. At least it does for me. In James chapter 3, it starts to talk about uh, the tongue. It says that we put bits into the mouths of horses and we can steer large ships with a small rudder. It talks about what a, a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Or a, you look at Montana, those areas, a, a, a firework, right? Like, sets this whole place on fire. And then he goes on to say, and, and our tongue. It's one of the deadliest weapons in the world. Do you think what's going on in North Korea is huge? It might be. But I can guarantee our tongue has done a lot of damage to other people. It says that it's Restless evil, full of deadly poison. And then it goes on in James chapter 3, verse 9 and beyond. It says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? When the fight calls, what's going to rise up? What's going to pour out from within us? It's not about the external. We have to take the external, the things that are in front of us, and set them aside. And look at the internal. And when we look at the internal, it's the place we can start to look for change and, and what needs to change. But our real focus and our real direction truly needs to change to the eternal. We need to go from external to internal to eternal and have that perspective. In Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 18, and then verses 24 through 25, it says this. So I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When the fight calls, when the war is waged, where are you going to turn? What is the battle that's going on inside of you? In Romans, Paul alludes to the fact that I do the things that I don't want to do and I, I don't do the things that I want to do and there's this tension that's going back and forth. There's an old Indian legend about a chief of a tribe who was talking to some of the young people in their tribe. And the legend goes like this. One of those young people was his grandson. And he's talking about these two wolves and how our lives feel like there's this battle between these two wolves that's going on in our, inside of us. And on one hand, there's this, this wolf that is, represents everything bad and evil and bitterness and anger and all the sin that you can think of, all the things in life that kind of rear its ugly head. And on the opposite side, there's this good wolf. And this wolf is everything that's good. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, self-control, all those things. But there's this battle that's going on inside. And then it goes on inside of each one of us. And the chief's little grandson looks up at him in the middle of this conversation and he says, Grandpa, what wolf wins the fight? He says, well, the answer is pretty easy. The answer is real easy, actually. He said, it's the one that you feed. The one that you feed. So there's this battle between our flesh and our spirit. My question today is, what are you feeding? You see, this isn't about being good enough because we can never be good enough. I can't put enough good things on the scale that outweigh all this other junk. This is truly about God's grace. It's truly about him completing this work within us that he has begun. So if you're sitting here today and you're a believer and a follower of Christ, I simply want to extend to you, you know what, if this, this battle's going on, if this fight is happening, when the fight is there, recognize and realize. Number one is that God does have it in control. He does give us victory. My other encouragement is that as you sense this battle raging inside, to stop and think about what am I feeding? Am I feeding my flesh? Am I feeding the things of this world? Or am I feeding my spirit? Am I filling myself with his word? Am I sitting and soaking in songs of worship that, that draw me to a closer walk in a closer relationship in a closer place with him? And if you don't know Christ and you're sitting here this morning, I want to extend an invitation to you as well to step out of the old and to step into the new. To step out of the fight. You see, I was in a place that I needed to step out of the battle that was raging within me and truly surrender and give my life to Christ. So if you're here today and you've never taken that step, I'm going to extend that invitation to you in just a minute. So where are you? Where are you with 
the Lord? Where are you with worship? Is worship truly your weapon? Have you placed the fight in his hands? Because it says in the song that we can pray in the fight and watch it turn. Will you give it all to Jesus? Let's pray. As we pray this morning, I simply want to extend the invitation to you that I talked about a second ago. And that is if you're sitting here and you're a believer and you're saying, you know what, Steve? I've got that battle raging inside of me. I've got some things that are in conflict with what I know God desires. And you would like me to pray for you this morning. Would you do me a favor? If you're a believer and that is you, would you slip your hand up in the air? Because I truly believe in the power of prayer. And I want to extend that to you this morning. I'm not going to single you out, but if that's you saying, pray for me. That's awesome. I'm going to do that. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're not a believer, but you're saying for the very first time, I'm ready to give my life to you, Lord. I'm ready to turn the fight over to you. I've been fighting the fight long enough on my own. And today, I'm laying it at the foot of the cross. I'm turning my back on my sin, and I am going to trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that is you today, would you raise your hand? Because I also want to pray for you this morning. I see a couple of hands, and one of them is a really little girl, and I am so excited about that. That is incredible. That is childlike faith and obedience. Anybody else? Father God, we come before you this morning. We know and we recognize that you are Lord. And Father, we recognize and realize that we can truly turn to you at any point in time, at any moment, at any place. It doesn't have to be here inside of these walls, but it happens to be the place where we're at right now. And so Father, we extend a hand to you as a symbol of our weakness, as a symbol of us saying, Lord, I cannot do it on my own, and I recognize that. And Father, we place our trust and our faith in you and in your son, Jesus. And we recognize that he went to the cross for us, that he shed his blood and he died for us, and that he rose from the dead. And Father, this morning we turn from our sinful ways. We walk away from them. Father, we place the fight at your feet. And we simply say, God, would you please move in my life? Let me experience your grace and your mercy today. We ask this and pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. As we go back to our song for today, more than a fight, when the fight calls, would you simply reflect on these words together as we sing, as we worship? Think about what these words call us to and what God's desire is for us. Amen.
I hope today that you can walk away from here encouraged to place your hope and trust in Christ no matter what storm calls, no matter what fight calls, no matter what battle is in front of you, knowing that we can take care of that with him and have hope and a future in him. We invite you back next week to hear Pastor Dan kick off a new series entitled Vision and for some of the very, real, very exciting things that are in front of Hope Vale as a church and a body. Thanks for being here today. God bless you this week. Amen. Amen.